are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's bonus episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. Just a reminder, I want to say thank you for making Locked on Louisville your first listen of the day. Free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Like I said, this is a bonus episode on this Friday edition of the show. I am joined once again by NBA writer for Forbes.com, Shane Young, my buddy. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great on this Thursday night, uh, Dalton. It it feels (laughs) weird because... It feels weird because I feel like I'm seeing more of you lately. But yeah, we play ball. T- we play ball twice a week now, so uh, I, you know I think your opinions are rubbing off on me a little bit, man. That is definitely the way to go. Well, I want to talk with Shane while I have him here about some former cards in the pros that we've talked about two of them on his first appearance on the Lockdown Global Show. I want to start with Donovan Mitchell, and I want to pose the question. To take the next step in his respective game, Donovan Mitchell must blank. And we'll answer that question, then transition to answering, you know, just how high is Donovan Mitchell's ceiling? In better terms, what does Donovan Mitchell's ceiling look like? And then we'll transition into perhaps, you know, the hottest former Cardinal, I should say, in the NBA currently through the first two weeks of the season, Montrez Harrell has you know exceeded expectations so far in the nation's capital for the Wizards. We'll talk about everything going on with him here in just a little while. Before we get into today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as both a recruiting analyst and a football beat writer. And I also do some various PA announcers who work in various sports for the university. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore and the podcast Twitter pages at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into it. Donovan Mitchell, you know, coming out of Louisville, I think, you know, a lot of people, I don't want to get too much into this. I think a lot of people were not necessarily expecting him to come in and do what he did right away. I mean, in his first four seasons, he's averaged over 20 points per game, has been, you know, the franchise centerpiece for the Utah Jazz for a team that is continually getting better and better. You said on the first episode, Shane, that, you know, the Jazz are your pick to come out of the Western Conference. I want to focus now squarely on Donovan in his respective game. I want to pose the question to you. To reach that next step in his game, Donovan Mitchell must blank. Now, for the audience, this is, you know, kind of a, a, you know, a a two-sided question because you could answer Mm -hmm. it, whether it be from a, a statistical point is it something in his game that is lacking or is it just a matter of making it further in the playoffs yeah so as you said it's a twofold question there for me i think the most straightforward part of it would probably be clean up the decision making and that there's a there's multiple components that can go into playmaking as you know dalton but um i think last year he took the next step in terms of being a, a playmaker I think you're seeing that when he gets into the teeth of the defense and can kind of read and react. But there are still moments, to me at least, throughout the first, what, six or seven games of this season at least, that that I feel like he gets caught in a spot where he's forced to make a decision and he often, not, not panics, that's probably not the right word, but ends up turning the ball over or making a bad read or something. So I think cleaning up those reads 
once he gets past the initial defender and then, you know, the, the, the center of the opposing center steps up, I think making those reads to the short corner or maybe the dump off to the center to Rudy Gobert or, or Hassan Whiteside, whoever it is in the game, uh, th- that's going to help him kind of read the game at the next level, kind of like his, his mentor Dwayne Wade did. Right. And I, I also want to mention kind of piggybacking off that. I, I think, you know, improvement doesn't necessarily imply like a huge statistical jump. I mean, he does play yeah. for a team that, you know, has Rudy Gobert on it. And despite my feelings on Rudy as a max player, as a traditional Hater. big man, you know, regardless, you know, he's going to get his touches. And then you've got other guys in that offense, you know, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, and, you know, going down the line, you know, it is one of the best teams, if not the best team in the West. And it's you know, partly due to the fact that, yes, you have a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Yes, you have a traditional big man in Rudy Gobert. He's one of the best players defensively in the league, but it, it's a balanced team and it's going to be treated as such. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned the playmaking last year. I think his three point efficiency was a little better, especially when it comes to shot selection. Um, it mm-hmm. seemed like, you know, he's got kind of coined as being a volume shooter, one of those maybe not empty calorie type guys, but, you know, kind of in the connotation of a Russell Westbrook in a sense of, you know, he's going to go get his points, you know, regardless of how efficient he gets or not. So, but let me ask you this, if he takes a, I, I, I just don't know what, how much more mm-hmm. Donovan can do. Cause I mean, he's averaged over 20 points per game each and every season. I think he's done better as a you know, a facilitator and a distributor, I also think defensively is where he's got to step up as well because we can talk about, yes, Rudy Gobert was virtually unplayable in spurts against the Los Angeles Clippers last year, as you can attest to, but some of that is guys just completely blowing by the opposing guard play in Donovan (laughs) Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson to where, yeah, I mean, anytime you put a big man in that situation to where they not only have to have, you know, guard the guy penetrating inside, but also have to kick out to the shooter. It's kind of unfair to Rudy in a sense. Dude, how often do you see that in like pickup and stuff where, where you can kind of our our games every time. (laughs) You can play this lackadaisical defense on the perimeter, get blown by, and then it all looks bad on the big guy that's you know that has to rotate because if he gets scored on, regardless if it's your guy or his guy, everyone's kind of looking at him, right? But in in reality, it, it's it's the Donovan Mitchell uh, component that it, that's kind of getting burned, I guess you could say. So I think the defensive part is interesting. Um, it, it's 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 kind of odd to me how we've gotten here with donovan because now correct me if i'm wrong man i i truly believe he entered the nba as this hellacious point of attack defender or or a guy that wasn't going to get burned off the dribble a guy that was at least going to get into the jersey of guys and fight over screens fight through screens make make good decisions on the ball um and it seemed like off the ball was going to be his biggest adjustment because in the nba there's a lot more movement than like a college. Like I feel like off ball movement is just at an elite tier in the NBA. But right. now it seems like we've the the pendulum has swung with Donovan. And now since he's focused so much energy offensively, scoring it all this incredible usage that he has, which is needed for Utah, the defense has not went down the drain, but uh, it's definitely took a tailspin, and and you you need that to kind of course correct itself if they have a chance because you know. And I know Jordan Clarkson is not getting better defensively. He's <laughs> no, like, he's, he's not, not. He, he's getting worse by the year. So. Yeah. And 
you know, you know, briefly touching on the point you mentioned college Donovan coming out of college. I think most of, you know, the enamor around his game was surrounded by his athleticism and his ability to, you know, score in bunches and the repertoire there defensively. They focused on it a little bit. Um, you know, he was always been kind of an active guy forcing steals, but when it comes to like on ball defense, wasn't really too much of a focus in college. I mean, Louisville's defense can kind of, you know, mask some of the um, deficiencies in that realm. But I wonder watching, you know, that series against the Clippers, and you have to ask this question because I feel like it happens sometimes for James Harden as well, um, you know, for the Rockets, especially in 2019. Was there so much offensive responsibility put on his shoulders to where he used defense as kind of like a crutch just to get, you know, his win back to go and have to be able to score so much? Because, I mean, I feel like Donovan had such a solid, you know, I feel like he had such a solid, you know, series in that realm mm. to where I, I wasn't necessarily sure what was going on, you know, in, in terms of, yeah. how, you know, he was battling injury too, if that makes sense. So, I mean, yeah, I think the ankle, it, that, that's a good point. Like the, if you have a bad ankle injury, which his was about as severe as you can get without without being sidelined, if that makes sense, uh, you're not going to be able to move laterally, right? Like it, you're not going to be able to fight through all these these actions and in these complex, you know, screens. I mean, sometimes he'll get hit with two screens in a row off double drag actions. It's like, what are you supposed to do if you're hindered by injury? You know, I mean, you, you can only go at a certain a certain speed. So I, I think that had something to do with it, but also like, I mean we haven't even mentioned like Mike Conley wasn't there. So, I mean, that, that kind of up the well, ante there's, for there's a lot that goes into it for sure. I yeah. mean, I mean, it is what it is, but I, I wonder, you know, and I, I think this is a good opportunity to transition into what his ceiling is, what, you know, if he is to, you know, get his decision-making to where, you know, it needs to be his defense improves and he takes the Clippers or the Clippers, the jazz to <laughs> a, a new level what that ceiling could look like. Before we talk about that, I want to talk about our friends at McDonald's, the title sponsor of the show. This episode of Locked On was brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. It's always been a place for more than just tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, and win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home and away team can come to recharge. And I know for me, at least, it's the place where you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I think I speak for most of the people out there when I say the McDonald's has a representation different for everyone out there, whether it's, um, you know, a study group, a coming after a little league game, connecting to Wi-Fi, you know, after a big sporting event, travel, you know, the list goes so on and so forth. So do yourself a favor, head to your local McDonald's today and get that hot, fresh fry. If their ice cream machines are working, get a soft serve cone. Um, you know, I love the atmosphere at McDonald's in terms of the tasty food. I guess you can enter the ba pa 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 How's that sound, Shane? Was that a, was that a pretty good representation? Well, of, I, I got to tell way, you right I'm, now, I'm not, I'm not a singer. <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to tell you right now though, although your singing skills could could do some work, I think that your ad reads are becoming as lethal as the shooting. Is oh, okay. I, I like that. I like that. And March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and 
Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. With that, we will transition into <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's ceiling. Now, uh, when I posed this question that I wanted to ask to you, I, I did some reflection myself, and I genuinely, Shane, I was stumped. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know I think I'm going back and forth. You know, is it you That's know funny. all NBA second or third team? Because you know, to get all NBA first team. That kind of has to be like hitting a grand slam. I mean, that's tip yeah. top. That's assuming he reaches top five level, possibly top ten. Is his is top ten his ceiling for Donovan? So, uh, for full transparency, I was driving back home whenever you posed this question to me, and I was thinking about it. Like, what what is Donovan's ceiling? What could it be? And it took me. I think I think you kind of were right there. Like, you, you kind of get stumped. It took me a while, but I settled on something that I, w- I was thinking about. If if we consider that, you know, Damian, Damian Lillard, take Dame Lillard as an example here. The the highest or his peak, I guess, because he's he's not he's probably not going to get better, but his peak has probably been a top seven to ten guy. Nothing nothing more, nothing less. Um, and Dame has made All NBA first team just out of sheer, you know, three point volume and stuff like that, being on par with Steph. Shooting I think, from outside the arena, of, of course, yeah, parking lot. <laughs> uh, I think I think Donovan Mitchell can get to what we perceive Damian Lillard as as an overall player, not like as a shooter. I think Lillard's always going to be a better shooter. I think that goes without saying, but yeah. just as an overall player, so that ceiling inherently is maybe eighth or ninth or tenth. And, and and really I don't care about arbitrary rankings. I don't care about player rankings as much as, as, as others. It's, would, it's all but, it's all subjective at the yeah. end of the day. But but I guess just what I'm what I'm trying to put in perspective as is Lillard, you know, I, I I've heard I've heard people say like, oh, Donovan can become an MVP. While that is that might be true, take Lillard for example. Lillard has never finished in the top three of MVP MVP voting. So if he hasn't done that, what what makes us think that that Mitchell can get to that level? You know, it, it's a hard task. I, I will to do, say, so. I will say this though, as much as I somewhat disagree, I, I get the premise. I agree in theory. However, sometimes the way they apply it, it can be a little skewed. Team success yeah. does go more into MVP voting mm-hmm. than it has in years past. Uh, I, I wonder for Damian Lillard. You know, due to the fact that the Blazers really haven't been, you know, a true top four seed, and I don't think ever, maybe. Yeah, maybe they had once. one year. Yeah, one maybe year. once, but even he was yeah. an MVP level. I wonder if he has a better chance of making an MVP. Now, he obviously the the play is going to have to increase. He's going to have to do some very special things. But I wonder if the Utah Jazz being a top three seed in the West does bode well or even better for him in this situation than Lillard would in Portland. Yeah. What helps Donovan in this season in particular is that, you know, it's only eight games in, I think we, that's an obvious caveat and he hasn't played last game with the England injury, but in theory, like Utah has a clear runway to the number one seed. Remember last year when Utah and Phoenix were like one game apart, it became really tough to kind of 
differentiate, okay, or, or kind of uh, separate Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Donovan Mitchell because all their production was, was so elite and they all had the same record. Or, you know, they all had like incredible records as a team. Now, if the Jazz do run off for like 61 or 62 wins and there's no one really there uh, tracking them down, then yeah, like the conversation could be, oh, hey, Mitchell is a top four, top three, maybe a favorite for MVP. But you know, does that mean he's a top five player in the NBA? Pro no. no, it does not mean that. But I mean, in in any given one singular year, um, he could reach higher peaks than Dame, I guess you could say. I just don't see, and, and I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. I already know it. But you know, judging by you know watching Donovan, I just don't know how much more he can truly improve. You know, yeah, drastically saying, I feel like it's a difference. Like when I watch guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I, I see like a different type of ceiling for both of them mm -hmm. than I do Jalen. I or for Donovan, I should say. Maybe it's it's the way that they play, you know, respectively. And I'm not saying that Donovan can't get to the point, but I mean, you know, to where he's averaging 28, 29 a game. But realistically, how many guys are doing yeah. that in? He's not going to turn into James Harden. He's not going to yeah. have multiple games where he's scoring 30 points per game at least for, you know, a span of games like Harden in 2019. I mean, that that's an outlier. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of guys. I mean, you have to think ceiling-wise. I'm not sure if Donovan's ever going to make an All-NBA first team because Giannis is still going to be there. I mean, you have to think mm -hmm. Donovan Mitchell's not necessarily all that young. I mean, he came into the league, I think, at like 20, 21 years old. So, I mean, he's, yeah. what, 24, 25 now? So, I mean, you have all these younger guys that are, you know, John Morant's getting up there. I, I just question his ceiling. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that he could be a number one scoring option on a title-winning team, assuming mm -hmm. it's built correctly around him. But, man, I, I just think if you're looking for MVPs to gauge the success of Donovan Mitchell's career, I think you're being a little, you know, I think you're misleading yourself in a way, and I think you're setting yourself self up for failure because I just don't know that Donovan's ever going to get to that. I think more so for Donovan in his ceiling, it's more of a, a context based. It's a situational based. It's mm -hmm. how much success is he going to lead the Utah Jazz to? And I think that that's a very valid question. Yeah, so whenever you mentioned Jalen and uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, something came to mind. It's like I think a, a big part of why you might question the the uh, improvement, at least on a, on a trajectory level, like him improving to this insane degree, is because of the height. Like I think the height also He's matters for me too. Yeah, like it matters for me too. It's like. There's only, I know we've used this word a lot, like there's only a certain ceiling that, that these guys can get to if they're 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, I mean, it's just, you can't you can't really improve that part of your game. He's not necessarily a point guard, so you're, you're, he's always going to be a two guard that can facilitate somewhat. I think yeah. that's why the Utah Jazz have brought Mike Conley in because they realize, you know, Donovan Mitchell isn't necessarily a floor general. He can do a lot of great things with the basketball in his hands, but he he's kind of like a, he's a a step above CJ McCollum, in my opinion. Yeah. CJ's a great yeah. player. I mean, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. CJ is, you know, one of the best Omegas in the league. He's one of the best second options in the league. Donovan Mitchell just has that it factor that allows him to be that number one option. I think he's getting better at setting his teammates up. He's, you know, becoming less one-dimensional. And I think 
you know, it, it's just different because, I mean, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you want to have him transition into a guy like Dwayne Wade at the end of the day, but, you know, he's not defensively sound as Wade. And it's a different NBA than what Wade was used to. I mean, now it's all based upon the three ball. Thanks, Steph Curry. Yeah. It changed the game for, <laughs> for the near future. But, um, you know, it's going to be you know interesting to see how this season goes for Donovan. Another guy it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of the season goes for is Montrez Harrell, who is lighting the world on fire, respectively, for the Washington Wizards. Wizards, I can't even speak. Um, it's before, too late, Dalton. It's too yeah, late. No kidding. Before we get into Montrez's tear in Washington. We'll talk about our friends at Bet Online. Obviously, we're back and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season. And along with it comes more props, odds, and lines. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code locked on on your first deposit. If you're not necessarily a big sports fan, that's okay. You can go right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage on all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And it is where the game starts. Also want to talk about our friends at built bar. If you haven't tried a built bar by now, you are simply missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but look, it doesn't taste like one. You have to try it for yourself to believe it. If you ask me, I mean, most protein bars to me are chalky, waxy, or just sometimes plain hard to ingest, but a built bar, it's soft. It's covered in real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know, just right off the bat that there's different vibes. You're eating something different and it's just kind of more of an experience. It's not something that you kind of have to choke down, but here's the thing. Built bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So you have all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. There's a wide variety of different flavors from mint brownie to salted caramel, double chocolate to coconut. The list goes on. Get this. This month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website out often. That's built.com by using the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So like I mentioned- What's that? Purely delicious? Purely delicious, you say? Purely delicious. I tried one the last week. Absolutely loved it. It was the salted caramel, by the way. So you can definitely get a mix box where you'll get each of the nine flavors if you are on the fence. But like I mentioned before you interrupted me, Shane, I am here (laughs) with my pal, Shane Young, NBA writer for Forbes.com, talking about some former cards in the pros. One One of these guys, we kind of didn't necessarily know what was going to happen in his stint with the Wizards, but so far, so good for Montrezl Harrell. 18 points on the season, uh, two weeks in, just under 10 rebounds. Um, I mean, he's you know shooting around 61% from the field, give or take. And, you know, obviously, I think this is kind of where – you know, I, I was you know kind of on the fence to see what he was going to do this year. But as I look at it, I think Montrez Harrell shines in a system to where there isn't like a, a go to, you know, like there's mm-hmm. not a lot of expectations, I should say. Like there's no title expectations. So Montrez Harrell is kind yep. of flourishing, in my opinion, because, you know, whatever he gives you is obviously good. So when you've seen what he's done through the first two weeks, yeah. obviously it's going to be hard for him to sustain this level of play. But, you know, does this surprise you what you're seeing from him so far in the nation's capital? Yeah. yeah. So 
in short, it does surprise me. I, I think you and I both kind of, I'm not going to say we were hard on him on the last pod, but we kind of understood that this was a make or break year. Like if it doesn't, if it doesn't bode well from this year, then, then what's he going to, what's his future in the NBA going to be? And I think a part that we left at, left off on last show was that he is right in the prime, right? Like right in his athletic prime of his career. This is where guys start to make better reads. They're, they're, they're still at that uh, springy age where they can be as aggressive on drives and, and such. But to me, uh, just off the first initial eye test, I think he got stronger. Uh, that you know, just watching him play the other night, um, mm-hmm. he, he still has these incredible. He, he loves to face up on the left baseline and, and either do kinda, the uh, the drop step <laughs> spin, or he gets the dunk on the baseline, or he's yeah, he's kind of developed this kind of like premature baby hook that he does mm-hmm. like right around the rim. Doc Rivers, uh, I remember about that baby hook. It's, uh, thank you for pointing that out because Doc Rivers said at a shoot around in 2018 when I was in Indy that they worked on that shot relentlessly uh, that summer. Like the, the summer that he kind of bloomed with the Clippers, uh, that baby hook is something that they were in the gym with constantly. So I think that that has helped him a lot. Uh, and, and funny enough, uh, the other night, Trez drove right into the heart of Gordy Jang and and put him in underneath the killing basket and dunked soul. it on him killing my soul <laughs> it, it was kind of wild to see and then he'd start he talked some trash afterwards i was like all right trez all right man <laughs> <laughs> but i i wonder I, I feel like and obviously this is just speculation this isn't having any type of inside information i feel like if i'm trez i'm like okay I am playing these next however many months like a madman because I am on an expiring contract. I'm going to be a free agent. Yeah. I have a lot of value in my contract. I'm going to go prove that I can be, you know, a plus level player and a serviceable guy for a title contender this year. Because if I'm Trez, I'm like, I don't want to be in Washington, you know, for the rest of the year unless you see a future there. I mean, if, if you've determined mm-hmm. that, you know, you can try to work out an extension because I think for Trez, and I think, like you said, for a player that utilizes athleticism as one of his main strengths, I think you're going to have to capitalize on your prime. And for right now, it's you know guaranteeing and securing the most amount of money that you can while yeah. you can do so. And I think whether that's at Washington, who knows? I mean, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I, I find it very hard for a team that has no real direction right now to tie mm-hmm. up a, a considerable amount of money in Trez. But am I kind of, am I, do you kind of agree that this is kind of almost like a tryout for him leading up to the trade yeah. deadline? It's absolutely a tryout. And, and I never even thought about the possibility of him being traded, although it would make sense that, that that is an avenue really that could go down. Much. I mean, it's what, no, like 9 million cap hit or yep. something like that? Not, I mean, nine and a half uh, mid-level that is, exception. That is 100% easily tradable. I mean, we can yeah, trade that for John Wall. <laughs> oh my I'd god do it. look I'd at you i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be honest absolutely i can't i can't bring him back it. to houston yeah I, I miss him i definitely miss him but who would, who I, would i'm be just a gonna team? i, I want to ask you this who would be a team or a couple teams that you would you know if you're like a different team well which teams would you be if you could say okay trez would be a player that i would love to bring in it's tough because you have to find well at all. By the way, <laughs> no, no, you're you're totally good. You have to find a team that 
that doesn't have a serviceable back serviceable backup big because he's not going to be a starter for a contender, obviously. But um, I think there's there's teams out there. I mean, obviously you can check off the the top of the East really because I mean Philly's kind of got their guys. Uh, Drummond's been okay for them. Uh, Miami, Dwayne Dedman's their backup. I mean, you know, Chicago they. If they if Chicago needs a little bit of help down there in the interior, then that that could be something to look what about for. Toronto? If they're struggling. I mean, not not well. Tar- Toronto is not really a, a title contender. What about what about like a like an Indiana almost? Indiana is going to. This is like the biggest uh, not kept secret. I don't know what the word is. I don't know the wording because there. Miles but, uh, Turner is his days are numbered. They are about to have a fire sale, buddy. Um, so anyone that wants Demonis Sabonis or Miles Turner, uh, come calling because they're they're going to be selling off some guys soon. Uh, they've just been really bad. So I think Tres could fit, you know, either one of these teams in the East that kind of want to want to push up a level. Um, maybe you look at uh, let's just say like you know Boston that decides they want some a little bit more aggression or they want to get a little bit tougher because they're kind of soft. Right what now. about Chica- Chicago? They're they're hard to dissect at the moment because it is only two weeks. It's in, too early. It's way too early. Yeah. But they do have. I mean, they do have some pieces that you know that you could show. But I I don't know that they have really a guy that's you know mm-hmm. getting because they lost Patrick Williams for the year. Um, he's yeah. out for the season. He was one of their guys, kind of like a um, you know a bigger Trez in a sense. Uh, obviously better than Trez, but ultimately. Um, losing him, you know, replacing yeah. him as a stopgap, and you don't have to re-sign Montrez if you don't want to, you know, after this season could be an mm-hmm. interesting move. There's a possibility as well, and and really, I kind of, I kind of lean towards this. If we're talking about trades or not trades, I lean towards this option. Uh, why not just bring him back in, in Washington? I mean, I think there's a there's a reasonable um, idea that if you're a good enough team. What's wrong with being a 43 win team? Let's just say Washington finishes there. I mean, you're not going to be a contender in Washington for the foreseeable future, I don't think, and you don't want to bottom out. So I think if if you just want to bring them back, if this is a tryout year, because look, on the court right now, <laughs> their offensive rating is 112 with him on the floor, which is pretty good. It's like a league leading number right now. And then when he sits, it's 94. I mean, they they cannot score at all when he's on the bench right now. Um, so maybe the, the Tommy Shepard, their GM, just looks at it and says, "Hey, let's bring him back on a on a deal that's not going to hamstring our our finances, our finances, and and be good next year. You know, be be solid." Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be if I'm Trez. I, I'm not necessarily opposed to taking a two year kind of maybe even a front loaded deal. It, it, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how you kind of you know maneuver the cap or not necessarily maneuver, but just kind of play it to your advantage. But you're right. I mean. Washington's not going to bring Brad Beal back unless they pair him with another star. There's just not necessarily much going there for them. Although I guess they do have some pieces that they might be able to trade, but that, that's kind of a moot point. I think Washington's kind of in no man's land there. They need yeah. to get rid of Brad Beal to start the rebuild process, and they just won't do that. I mean, they're adamant on keeping him through the end of his contract this year. We'll yeah. see what Brad do, does in free agency. But overall, Shane – as always, it's great to have you. I want to give the floor to you, you know, to plug everyone into your social media and give any lasting thoughts. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. This is great uh, trial run number two. Hopefully, we get some more done as the as the season goes on. One hundred percent. But yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So on Twitter, you can follow me at Young NBA. Very easy, very uh, simple. And is that then you NBA young boy. 
<laughs> dude, it is having some sick uh, rhymes, every, bro. Every, every week, there's somebody who tweets you. And by the way, they're when they tweet me with that, it's with the worst possible lyrics that you could like. I, I could probably come up with better raps than that. Right, and you've, well, you've heard, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> I told you got you. it. <laughs> okay. So anyway, man. Uh, yeah. So I guess starting next week, I guess for the audience that wants to follow my stuff or read my stuff, I'm going to do like a, uh, a check-in with the, the whole league. So it'd be like either on a Thursday or Friday, just like 10 observations from that previous week. So I'm going to start doing that on a consistent basis. That'd be kind of my, my go-to column, I guess you could say. And then still do still doing Clippers coverage right now. So I, I guess just check me out if you're curious about the Clippers or what I'm seeing around the league. That is one of the best basketball minds you will find out there on the Twitter. Oh, come on. Twitter.com. That is my buddy, Forbes.com, NBA writer, Shane Young. But that's going to wrap up this Friday bonus edition of the show. Everyone have a great weekend. Go Cards. Be at the game on Saturday against Clemson. Pack the house. Big recruiting weekend. We'll see you right back here on Monday.